Should you talk politics and policy with your clients? Our guests, one from the left and one from the right, will answer that question on part one of this two-part episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement that helps small and mid-market companies escape the fully insured marketplace and delivers stability, control, and savings without watering down employees' benefits or increasing their premium share. If you have clients in the educational institution or the engineering vertical, go to our website at CaptivatedHealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. With healthcare so tied to politics these days, many advisors feel that they don't have a choice but to discuss politics and policy with clients. You don't always know a prospect or a client's political leaning, so how do you have that conversation and remain politically neutral? To answer those questions, and probably raise a few more, we've invited two longtime friends who have significant expertise in this area to join us on this two-part episode. Longtime listeners know Jessica Waltman of Forward Health Consulting. Jess visits with us quarterly, and she explains all things political, legislative, and regulatory. Joining her today is Dave Mordo, Director of Compliance and Broker Education at Arthur J. Gallagher and former chair of the NAHU Legislative Council. Now, legal part here, the nice folks at Gallagher have asked us to mention that Dave's comments today are his and not those of their organization. That said, let's set the stage. Dave hails from the left, Jess from the right. Both are originally from New Jersey, and in their own words, quote, we talk fast, we're occasionally sarcastic, and we both have lots of crazy stories. With that, welcome to both of you. Thank you very much. Thanks, David. I don't think we should have said occasionally sarcastic, though. I, I was thinking of amending that, but I thought they were your words, so I wouldn't change them. And I know you better. But the, by the end of this 40 minutes, the audience will know that occasionally is the wrong word. Right. Okay. So that said, thank you for the correction, Jess. <laughs> Let's start with, with an overview and maybe a level set. Should you talk politics with your clients? Dave, what's the answer? Yes, you absolutely should talk politics with your clients especially in this day and age where the last seven and a half years especially has been riddled with all sorts of political ideas and solutions and non-solutions to health care and health insurance to disarm it a little bit because the word politics in and of itself is a little bit alarming to a lot of people these days. I personally try to substitute the words legislative and regulatory. I think that makes it a little bit easier for the employer or the prospect to certainly understand what you're there to talk to them about. And it relieves a little bit of tension just from the usage of the word itself. Uh, I find it to be a very disarming tool that I've taken to using over the last four or five months now. So, with that, Jess, how do you make it interesting and maybe more important? Because I know, I mean, we're nerds and we like this stuff, but it can be kind of over the top for some prospects and some clients. 
So how do you make it interesting and how do you differentiate between policy and politics? Because again, we're nerds, we get that, but other people may not. Right. And I mean, if you're Dave, David Mordo, and you're coming in, you're like throwing out big words like legislative and regulatory, that actually might bore them a little bit. I take a little bit of a different approach. I like to think of it this way. The reason why I like political stuff and I really am nerdy at heart is the same reason why I like to read People magazine. It is a soap opera you cannot make up. And I think most people, whether or not they want to admit it or not, and maybe they don't want to read People magazine because they don't care, you know, what celebrities getting divorced, but maybe they like, you know, different things about sports players or musicians or whatever. I think most people have a little bit of a fascination with alternative realities. And this is certainly an alternative reality. And the other thing that they all like is a little bit of inside baseball. So if you can provide your clients you know, with just some insider information about what might be going on in Washington or at the state capitol that might affect them and their health plan, that can be valuable. But there is an issue here because you really never know where somebody's coming from politically. You know, if they're left, if they're right, if they have a very strong view. I mean, they could be super conservative on most issues, but have a very liberal band about one thing, you have no idea where they're coming from and you should never assume. But what they all need to know is the policy. And that really is a, you know, a political. It's just what's going to happen next. What's happening now? How is it going to affect their plan? How is it going to affect their bottom line? How is it going to affect their employees and their choices? So if you can focus it on policy and also kind of the interworkings about why policy might change or what might be coming out in the next few weeks, given that insider background, I think that that can be very helpful. Can you give us a, a quick insight into like an example of how you might characterize something as politics, but then change that so that it becomes policy so that you can have a, a better discussion with a prospect or a client? Well, for example, with the ACA repeal and replace, probably people had a lot of different opinions about where it should go or what's going on or who was right or you know was it the president's fault was he helping was he hurting blah 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 you don't want to get into any of that what you would want to focus on is say yeah it's really lots of ups and downs so interesting i'm glued to the tv at night, but you know, I'm glued to the TV at night, so you don't have to be. You know, you don't need to stay up and watch the Senate vote at one o'clock in the morning. I'm doing that, but you know, what you might want to know is this is a lot of drama, but here's how it's going to actually affect your plan. And these are the things that are likely to change. And this is why. And if nothing happens, this is what's going to happen. So you just kind of flip it around into policy and make them think that you're the expert. So it, it is more about being a subject matter expert than being a pundit or a, or a partisan. How, Dave, how do you show that? How do you evidence that when you have a conversation with a prospect or a client? Well, first, I, I don't know that Jessica is really up at 1 a.m. watching C-SPAN. I, I think she's actually reading her People magazine. The only People magazine that I appreciate is one that probably would be 2,043 pages. But to answer your question, it is not about partisanship. So when I'm walking in as an expert to a client or to a prospect, I have to be able to quell 
all of their fears about what they think is going on. You would be absolutely surprised at some of the questions you receive when you walk into a meeting before the introductions have even taken place. It's a question about, will I have to report? What are the penalties going to be if I don't do this or that? So, as you establish yourself as the expert, as Jessica said, you know, it's not about being partisan or the politics of the way things are happening on the floor of the Capitol building or in the floors of, of Trenton or Harrisburg or wherever your state capital is. It is about keeping calm, establishing yourself as someone in the know, and the little sign above your head that says expert will magically appear, and they will know, okay, I'm in safe hands here with this person. So you just, you start the conversation, you take charge immediately, you can give them inside information, if you will, and it puts you right in the position you want to be to start your presentation. And I think with that, one thing that you can really do is take it to the next level. So for example, you talked about employer reporting, Mordo. And I know my clients this year, the employers that they work with, um, because I work with a lot of brokers and help them with their employer clients, a lot of them were saying, well, all my employers are coming at me and saying, do we have to report? You know, Should I even bother to count these hours? Like, can I cancel this contract with the X vendor? And, you know, my response was always no. Even after the president signed his executive order saying he wasn't really going to force anything, we got a lot of questions of, well, you know, even if it's still a law, is it even going to be enforced? Are we going to get fines? And, you know, I kept on saying, no, 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 you still have to comply with the law. I'm you know, very conservative in that bent. But I was also watching the information. So on one hand, you're anticipating your, your client's needs. You're giving them factual information about the law. But then I was also watching really closely what was going on with employer reporting. And so not only, you know, when the the two drafts of the laws came out, when they were the height of it, neither one of them actually got rid of employer reporting. They actually would have increased employer reporting. They would have gotten rid of the mandate, but they would not have gotten rid of the reporting aspect because the government still needed to know who was offering coverage to determine subsidies. So I was able to say, look, you didn't read the bill text. That's okay. Or maybe you did, but you probably didn't. And reporting is still in there. Then as a smart broker, you're also able to say, kept on watching. Then the bills blew up. Nothing happened. Okay. Well, what about employer reporting? Is it going to be enforced? They haven't levied any fines yet. Well, you know what? The IRS issued some information letters this summer that said, yes, we will be reinforcing it. And then the IRS also released a report that said, hey, we had a system to track and see who reported or not so we could levy those fines. It took a little bit longer to get ready than we thought, but now it's ready. Next year, we're going to be doing those fines. So by focusing on the policy and really staying in tune to the news and reading those publications, which employers are not going to do you can position yourself as an expert and say, hey, I was watching the IRS and this is exactly what's going on. 
And maybe that's a little bit too wonky, but there's a lot of sources of policy information out there for brokers through NEHU, through the different policy reporting services, other people. And if you keep your eyes peeled, you can take that information and use it as a business advantage. So the clients that you know, we're working with and telling them to do the info reporting are now in such a better position than some of them that weren't keeping tabs of things all along because they thought they were going to get a free pass. And now a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single source solution for your clients and prospects in the education and engineering verticals. The founders of Captivated Health have 35 years experience working with healthcare and benefit clients. And over that time, They've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems mid-market clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing healthcare costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace. Until now, Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems and does so with virtually no disruption to employees while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to your education and engineering clients that you advise. To learn more about Captivated Health's solution, go to our website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on our logo on the Shift Shapers website. Before we talk about how this actually works on the ground, a question comes to mind. If you're sitting with a prospect or if it's a client and you know their political view and it happens to align with your own, is it still tap dancing on quicksand or walking through a minefield to get into a political discussion with a client? Or is that okay? Do you cut yourself a little more slack as a broker when you do that? If I could jump in here, I, regardless of, of my political feelings being in tandem with theirs or not, I tend to stay away. I tend to focus on why I'm there, why they have me in there. That is to tend to their employee benefit needs. The fact that I am hopefully in the know about what is going on in the legislative and regulatory arena puts me at an advantage to help them. So regardless of our feelings about the political climate today, that I stay away. I I just would rather be safe than sorry and attend to business. If a question comes up, I certainly will address it, but I don't initiate any type of discussion. Probably really, really good advice. So so let's get down to the, the street level and the practical. One of the things that I know you guys always talk about is that it's important to meet the needs of all parts of the organization. Jess, what does that mean? Well, when you're prospecting and, you know, I'm thinking of a group situation here, but if you have individual clients or a very small business, you you can kind of adapt this down. But you, on one hand, you're talking about the broader decision maker, the shaper of the company, the shaper of, of their long-term strategy. So, I mean, for a small business owner, that might be the owner. For a middle or you know mid-market or bigger group, you may be looking at the CFO or um, people that are looking at the financing of the organization. Or if you're on the individual market, again, you're looking at the policyholder because they're making the financial decisions. But what they want may be very different than other people that work for a smaller or large business. 
So for a CFO or you know, the owner, you're going to be wanting to talk about policy as it looks towards their long-term financial picture, looking a little bit more towards strategy. So you might want to be giving them some insights about things that are coming down the pike that it could affect their costs. So you might want to be talking about, you know, the Cadillac tax hasn't gone away yet. And that's coming up quicker than you think. Other factors, regulatory maybe, things that you think might shape the cost of their plan moving forward. I would say a human resources person or whoever in the business is actually you know, doing the enrollment, working with the employees on a direct basis, you're going to want to talk to them and their questions are going to probably be more mechanically focused. So do I need to do the reporting this year? Do I need to get a vendor in place? Are you sure I'm going to have to do that? Do I really need to count the hours? You know, what do I really need to do to be in compliance? And that's a conversation that probably is best geared towards them. And I think you want to play to both audiences and show your value and expert in both places. But I also think you need to really think about the employees because they're the ones that are going to, you know, watch the news or listen to Jimmy Kimmel talking about his child, which is tragic with a heart problem on, on late night TV and be worried that their health coverage is going to go away or their health coverage is going to substantially change. And you have to realize that they may have questions that the employers aren't answered, answering. So you want to present yourself as someone that can provide the facts the information, making sure that they're, you know, very calm, making sure that their plan is in place and meeting all the needs of all the groups. And I think with the employees, you want to factually provide them with the information. Uh, my husband's company, just this past week, they're doing, a, it's a 5,000 or so person group, I think. And they're auditing the whole plan for dependent eligibility. My husband is a very high-level person at this employee, this employer, but he doesn't have anything to do with the benefits. And he came home all hot and bothered, so mad. He's like, you will not believe this. They're trying to kick us off the benefit plan, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, they're not. This is why you have to do this. I'll take care of it. Don't worry. I'll, sign, you know, I'll scan the kids' birth certificates. It's fine. And I explained why the employer had to do that. And why? And he was like, why didn't they tell us this? Even he, at a very high level, assumed something was going to happen to his benefits, something was going to change, it was going to be a disaster. So I think you also want to present yourself and remember that the employees are going to have questions and that by providing the policy and providing the information calmly, you, you can help all of them. But Dave, Jessica alluded to this earlier, but I want to follow up on this. Does taking this kind of attack with employers give you and maybe the employer a business advantage? And, and what is that? How does that work? It's a huge advantage. So, you know, 38 years ago, I started off as a life insurance salesman. Then I graduated to a broker. Then with technology and everything else, I became all things to all people within the client's office. So now, and I really believe this, we truly are employee benefits specialists. We just don't do insurance anymore. We literally cover the gamut of employee benefits. Either we do it by ourselves, we do it with the help of others, we find vendors for employer groups to, to take care of their needs. So if you are in a technology frame of mind, which I am not, I am the furthest from technology, but I'm teaching myself. 
you can have a huge advantage because you provide everything for that client. You provide them a sense of security that, hey, and as I said before, he's here, I'm calm, he's in the know, he or she is in the know, and if other brokers around the nation have not got on board with everything that's going on in healthcare and health insurance in America, then yes, you are at an advantage. Is the employer at an advantage as well? Absolutely, because they are seeking ways to take care of their employees the best way they can, which is key in retaining old talent and recruiting new talent. So, yes, it is a win-win by just being on top of what's going on, technology-wise, healthcare-wise, policy-wise, a huge advantage. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved. Thank you.